Welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast, the appearance psychology podcast brought to you by the Centre for Appearance Research, a world-leading research centre based at the University of the West of England in Bristol, investigating everything related to the psychology of how we look. I'm Nadia. And I'm Jade. And we have a jam-packed lineup for the first episode of 2022. Here we are. Here we are indeed. And we have got such an amazing episode for you. We're going to be talking about body image in Brazil and finding out more about a really exciting international project that some of our colleagues at the Centre for Appearance Research have been involved in. Specifically, the development and evaluation of a chatbot called Topity, which has been designed to improve young people's body image in Brazil. This is just so exciting. I'm not only excited to hear the research, but I just really love Brazil. (laughs) It was my top. Yeah, do you know, it's my it was my top three places to visit in the world for so long. And I went back in 2018. Oh, oh, my God, don't get me started. It will be a full episode. Just the beauty. (laughs) Well, that's it. I feel like it will be a full episode and the way recording all of the interviews for this episode has made me want to visit. I cannot. I have always wanted to go. It looks like such a beautiful country and I know I would love the carnival. I feel like it's very me energy. Definitely high, high up on my list and even higher now because of this episode. Yeah, honestly, and I'm so glad it is. I didn't actually manage to go to Carnival in Brazil, which is all the more reason that I have to, to go, go back. back, you know? <laughs> exactly. The, the food, the beauty, the the dancing. And I could pitch you at Carnival so mm. easily, Nadia. We could we could be there easily and have the best could, Anyway. We could go <laughs> and you speak a little Portuguese, don't you, Jade? A little, yes. Uh, I mean, Bruna is obviously very fluent in Portuguese, but I can converse somewhat, yes. Yeah, yes. well, that's better than, than me. I'll have to pick up a couple of phrases, but maybe we should go as a, a podcast trip. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, and, and Bruna, and I'm so excited. And to get started on the episode, Nadia, who do we have on the show? Let's start there. Okay, so we have multiple guests. So in order of appearance... No pun intended, by the way. I always think that's a really strange expression to have on the podcast. But in order, <laughs> in order of appearance on the show, we have researchers Anna and Juliana. We also have Gabriella from UNICEF Brazil. And we have Lou from Talk To You, the tech experts of this collaboration. And last, but by no means least, we also have our colleague at the Centre for Appearance Research, Emily. Fantastic. And this is one of the Dove Self-Esteem project projects, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So for that bit of context, at Carl, we have a big partnership with the Dove Self-Esteem project, which is the personal care brand Dove's social purpose initiative with the academic team at Carl, led by Professor Philippa Didricks. And we have lots of episodes on the podcast, in the archives, talking about various Dove-funded projects, um, including most recently an episode on body image in India and an episode on micro-interventions for children called Fostering Positive Body Image Through Children's Media, which also features Emily. A lot of Emily. Love that. I know. Can't have too much. And if it helps in the search, they are episode numbers 52 and 54, both of which we recorded in 2020. Love that. Thanks for uh, getting that data for us there, for the listeners to access easily. 
I had to have a, a quick look it up. So I was trying to remember when I was speaking to Emily. I was like, oh, when did we record an episode last? It's been a, it's been a while. So let's start this episode off. And I want us to open with Anna and Juliana, who are going to help us set the scene by talking a little about Brazil, as well as appearance ideals and appearance pressures in Brazil. And this is where we could have had another whole conversation about Brazil and it could have been a travel podcast. So, and Jade, actually for reference, this is why I was asking you and Bruna about feijoada. Feijoada is one of my favourite dishes, so I could talk about that for days. But um, for those of you who are listening who are not sure what feijoada is, it is, if I'm getting this right, because I like to eat it, but not really know how to make it um is a black bean kind of dish that tends to have chorizo and it's cooked for quite a long time so the black beans are cooked in some lovely like black bean sauce and the chorizo really brings out the flavor you have it a lot with like barbecues and on the side with um meats and you usually put breadcrumbs on it as well sometimes oh it's all amazing it sounds delicious and another reason we all need to go. How many reasons can we get into this episode why we need to go to Brazil? I I want I wonder. <laughs> let's count by the end end of our conversation. <laughs> so let's hear now from Anna and Juliana. Hi everybody, my name is Juliana Morales. I am currently living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, US, and I am a postdoctoral researcher in the Department of Exercise Science and Sports Management at Kennesaw State University uh, in Georgia. Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here, Nadia. Thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, I am Ana Carolina Amaral. I am professor at the Federal Institute of Sultas of Minas Gerais, Brazil, and I live in Minas Gerais. Welcome. Thank you so much again to both of you. I wonder for our audience who maybe don't know Brazil very well, who are unfamiliar with Brazil, if you can tell us a little bit about Brazil. So, uh, Nadia, Brazil is well known for its talented soccer players and for its iconic carnival and its huge biodiversity. Uh, But we have so much more than this to highlight. Brazilians are very receptive and festive, it's true but also very competent. We have large research institutions and researchers who are at the forefront of scientific research in diverse fields, such disease prevention and treatment, agribusiness, and social issues. Also, our population is the result of a miscegenation from the most diverse countries in the world. Brazil has some states that are characterized by European influence, others by African and indigenous descent, and others by Asian ancestry. For sure, Brazil has a huge cultural wealth, and Brazil is the only country in South America that speaks Portuguese. And when you or our audience go to Brazil, do not forget to try the Brazilian barbecue, feijoada, açaí, and um, I could say many delicious dishes that you can just find there. <laughs> it is for sure a beautiful and interesting country to visit and to live in. I have never been to Brazil and I would absolutely love to go. And thank you so much for sh- sharing some of that. I know you could have both have said so many more things about Brazil, but just to give us a bit of a flavor of what Brazil is like. 
Moving on to talk about body image and appearance a little bit more, I wonder if you could tell me if there are any specific appearance ideals for young people in Brazil. The appearance ideal in Brazil is very similar to the universal body ideal. Thin is lean and low body fat are valued in, by Brazilian young women. What can be a little different compared to other countries is the fact that Brazilians usually place a lot of value on body curves. Many celebrities who are considered beautiful for Brazilian young women are those with big butts and large thighs, such as Anita, who is a famous Brazilian singer. We can also say that there is concern about women for being muscular. This drive for muscularity among young women has been an outcome in some research studies in Brazil, indicating that this body idea could be changing. Similarly, Brazilian young men wish to have a body with low fat mass, and recent studies indicate that muscularity is also desired among Brazilian young men. So the perfect Brazilian man is muscular and tall and has low fat mass. And also for both genders, uh, we can say that the ideal body has white skin, straight hair and thin nose. Even though a large part of Brazilian population is mixed race or black. For many people, especially adolescent girls, it causes dissatisfaction with specific body parts that are the result of this miscegenation, such as the curly hair, large nose, and darker skin. And as a tropical country, it's no overstatement to say that it's bikini season pretty much all year round. And as such, Brazilians tend to pay more attention and take care of their bodies. In fact, many Brazilians adopt body change behaviors in order to approach the standard of beauty. Brazil is famous for being the plastic surgery capital of the world. Brazil is the champion in diet pill consumption and cosmetic surgery with 2.5 million surgical and non-surgical aesthetic procedures conducted annually. So, and it's not just for women. Brazil is also a place where men have skincare routines and wax their bodies. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you talking about the skin color component as well. I'm very interested in colorism. So having it's not just about body shape, but it's also about other parts of the appearance as part of the ideal, I think is really important to factor in. And then that point you mentioned, Anna, about it being bikini season all year round. Um, I think it's really interesting because I know there's some research talking about body dissatisfaction across the seasons and people finding in, in the northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere, finding that in the summer, people feel worse about their bodies. So it's a team in Australia, Scott Griffiths, done some of that work. So it's kind of interesting that when people have their body on show more, that maybe they're feeling more self-conscious. So in a country like Brazil, when your body is on show all year round, there's a greater preoccupation. So I think that's super interesting. So I could speak to you all day, but I have just one other question that I'd love to ask is to find out, so we've spoken a little bit about appearance ideals, but what would you say are the main sources of appearance pressure for young people in Brazil? 
Definitely, the media is the main source of parents' risk pressure. Recently, a prospective study showed that media pressure is the main predictor of body dissatisfaction among Brazilian girls and boys. In Brazil, the media messages about fitness, muscularity, and also a body about a body with zero fat mass are dominant in advertising, TV shows, soap operas, and social media. And it's important to mention the role of social media among young people. According to a recent survey, Brazil has the third highest social, social media usage rate in the world, with an average of three hours and 42 minutes a day. And the content related to how to achieve the perfect body or diets that could give you a thin body or which exercises make you lose weight are in the top five of the contents accessed by adolescents and youths in Brazil. And we can also say that the main social media used in Brazil are Facebook, YouTube, WhatsApp, and Instagram. And these social media platforms value appearance a lot. So Brazilian young people are pressured all the time to be good-looking in pictures, to post in their social media profiles. Let's also remember that social media users have the possibility of using filters, um, using image-altering filters that modify your appearance, can set unrealistic expectations and may lead to people striving for a very narrow concept of beauty. Researchers have already found a direct link between social media filters and lower self-esteem, self-confidence, and higher cases of body dysmorphia. And uh, I would also include, besides the media pressure, many parents internalize the body ideal and consequently pressure their children to fit in the pattern. The same study uh, found out that parents and peers are also an important source of influence on body image among Brazilian adolescents. And regarding friends' pressure, we can say that the the need to be a part of a group or to be accepted by their peers causes many teenagers to adopt uh, specific behaviors to achieve the ideal body. And as a result of this huge influence, body satisfaction prevalence has ranged between 10 to 81% for Brazilian boys and for 43 to 79% for girls, while up to 6% of boys and 22% of girls report engaging in disordered eating and unhealthy weight control behaviors. Yeah, so thank you so much for that, both of you. And I think, as you say, like the media, parents and friends, it's something that we see all around. It fits in with social cultural theory. But to have that research specific to Brazil, I think is really useful to to see how is it playing out locally. So it's great to have that research and for you to share that with us. Also, those statistics are so high. I mean, it's their big ranges, but they're so high. So it really just shows us the need of of doing that early intervention prevention stage to make young people in Brazil feel feel better about their bodies, feel more body confident. So that's a great introduction for the rest of this conversation that we're going to be having. 
Thank you very much once again for the invitation. It was a pleasure to talk to you about Brazil and the research we have been uh, doing there. Yes, Nadia, thank you so much. It's a pleasure, a huge pleasure to be here. That was great. And it's also really helpful to have the context and references to the Brazil-based studies as well. Yeah, to really set that scene. And I think it's super interesting thinking about appearance ideals and the quote, perfect body. And again, in air quotations, the ideal body in Brazil for, for men and for women, and I guess more, more generally. And thinking about it specifically, because we often talk about global appearance ideals promoted in society, promoted by media, but there are also localizations. And just thinking about Brazil, I know there are a number of appearance modifications that we talk about being Brazilian, like even here in the UK. So we talk about Brazilian blowouts, so to have straight hair. I remember that being a big trend at, at, at some point. I imagine it still exists. Um, and then Brazilian bikini wax, and then perhaps most recently the trend of a Brazilian butt lift or BBL. Yeah, and it was interesting to hear that point about it being bikini season all year round, uh, obviously with such great weather that they have, and perhaps part of an explanation why Brazil is so appearance-focused. Yes, and, and not to detract from the appearance focus but another reason there for us to go to <laughs> Brazil Jade uh great yeah. weather <laughs> <laughs> how many reasons are we at I know that that is another great reason so yes a good point to add but yeah it is really relevant when we're thinking about context right mm -hmm. yes exactly and I think the other thing that that struck me in that conversation I think it was Anna who mentioned the popularity of cosmetic procedures in Brazil and I had a quick look at the 2020 stats published by the International Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery they report stats I think every year on on the numbers of procedures that are conducted by plastic surgeons and according to their data in Brazil liposuction, breast augmentation, eyelid surgery, abdominoplasty and breast lifts are the five most popular surgical procedures in Brazil, while Botox is the most popular non-surgical procedure. Mm. And, and abdominoplasty is typically called a tummy, tummy tuck, isn't it? In yeah, I think that's the, the popular, name, popular name for it. So interesting to see the, the trend of what's done as a way of understanding what those appearance ideals are as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so now that we have a little bit of context of why we need body image interventions for young people in Brazil, let's now hear from Gabby from UNICEF Brazil. My name is Gabriela Mora. I live in Brasilia, Brazil, and I'm the adolescent officer for UNICEF Brazil. Thanks, Gabby. It's so good to have you on the show. I want to jump right in and ask, why is it important from UNICEF's point of view to try and tackle the topic of body image in Brazil? Body image is one of the indicators of mental health, right? So self-esteem and body image. So we've been concerned about the situation in Brazil. Brazil is a very young country with many adolescents and young people who are super impacted by the images from uh, advertising, social media. We have a great internet connectivity in the country. So the majority of adolescents are 
accessing the internet and using social media to have fun, to learn, to interact with their peers. And also, uh, of course, this brings lots of comparisons and uh, uh, the impact in their self-esteem is really a concern uh, to us. Uh, also, I think it's important to mention that being a colonized country, um, Brazil has also the impact of adopting the Eurocentric uh, view of uh, what is beauty, what is beautiful is considered always connected to um, Europe uh, patterns. So it's important to uh, deconstruct these images and value the diversity of racial and ethnicity, ethnicity issues in Brazil. So this is why UNICEF uh, was engaged in this project to promote self-esteem and body image, a, a positive body image in the country among adolescents, investing in adolescents' participation and engagement. Yeah, that's amazing. And it just means so much for UNICEF to be taking body image so seriously. It really does give me a lot of hope. So I'm interested, you mentioned internet connectivity in Brazil, and I wonder if you could talk a little about how chatbots or other digital approaches can support young people there. Okay, sure. So in spite of having the majority of adolescents connected, we still have, have places in Brazil with no internet connectivity. So it's it's important to mention this inequality that impacts the lives of adolescents. So you can imagine these days, an adolescent that lives in the riverside or in the Amazon or in the rural area uh, in the northeast part of Brazil, this adolescent without um, internet connection would have much uh, um, the, the, the limited options in terms of uh, opportunities related to employability, to learning. So in spite of having the majority of adolescents connected, we still have these spots uh, uh, that are not connected at all. So it's important also to advocate for connectivity, especially in these places to reach uh, the most vulnerable adolescents in Brazil. And this means that any project uh, to promote self-esteem, body image, and mental health among adolescents have, has to take this into consideration and have a hybrid uh, um, approach um, combining online and offline uh, activities. So this is how we started this project in partnership with CAR and Dove. Uh, we started by listening to adolescents in um, in-person workshops all over Brazil to understand um, what are the issues that impact the different adolescents in plural in Brazil, also considering uh, racial ethnicity issues, um, sexual orientation, gender identities, in order to understand how this diversity uh, is um, taken into consideration into the elements that impact uh, self-esteem and body image in Brazil. Super, thank you. And you make a really important point that digital interventions, so including chatbots, are not there to replace in-person ones, rather they are there to complement them or provide other options. So that's a really useful point to highlight. So there's so much more I want to ask you, but for now, I would love to hear from you. What did you enjoy most about this project? Uh, to me, the most 
exciting part of the project was adolescence engagement. We always learn from it and it brings us, it brings us the, the, um, the confidence we need to, to continue investing in the project. So since level zero, this project started with adolescence participation by listening to adolescents in uh, in-person workshops. Later on, we uh, developed the, the script of the, the, the chatbot and we tested with uh, groups, different groups of adolescents who were also giving us inputs and their opinion on what could improve in this script, what was not uh, good enough or uh, what could change in terms of language, the approach. Uh, and then we had the pilot uh, of this project to test also the acceptability uh, of the chatbot. And now that the chatbot was launched, we've been working in outreaching this so that adolescents from different regions of Brazil can have access to it. And also working in a complementary material so that the chatbot can be used in more controlled environments such as schools or uh, youth groups, associations. Uh, so the idea is to work in this uh, combined strategy online and offline and keep having the feedback uh, from adolescents about it. So we can use this information to inform our future programmatic actions regarding mental health in Brazil. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Gabby. It's been really wonderful speaking with you. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you so much for the partnership. It's really important for UNICEF in Brazil to be working with you. We've been learning a lot from the adolescents and from the specialists. Uh, from CAR. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Okay, I think I'm definitely getting a flavour for the project now. I feel like I've had my starter, I've had my feijoada, I've had my main, my barbecue was going, my main's here. Um, so yeah, this was fabulous. I think it's really interesting to hear what Gabby said. I love that, Jade. And I think it's really powerful to hear someone from UNICEF saying why body image is important and actually body image getting the recognition it deserves from an organisation as big as UNICEF. So something that's really exciting to all of us, I think, and why I think we're all so proud of these projects, because they are able to reach so many people because of UNICEF's amazing work in various Great impact. The world. Great exactly. impact. So with that, let's keep moving on. We've got a lot to cover. So let's hear next from Lou, who works at Talk To You, who are the tech experts in this impressive project. My name is Lou Suarez-Batan. I am co-founder and chief experience officer of Talk To You. Uh, right now I'm based in Uruguay, but we are 100% a remote team. So there are people working in Brazil, in Argentina, and in some countries of Europe. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. So before we talk about Topity, I am really curious, and I think our listeners will be too, to really understand what a chatbot is. Yeah, sure. Uh, a chatbot, technically, let's start with that. It's a, it's a software application that is used uh, for online conversations with humans, but basically they are uh, robots. 
Uh, and they're usually used uh, for lead generation uh, or for customer service or even just to give information about certain topics. It's been used a lot for COVID, for example, to uh, let people know what's going on, what to do and stuff. But if you ask me specifically about uh, the Topity chatbot, because it's for me, I would define it differently. This bot chatbot is a conversation experience uh, where you're engaging with a fictional host uh, that will use text, audio, and video uh, images to talk about you in depth about self-esteem and body confidence, that, which are the topics that we are addressing. So it's a bit different because the approach towards what a chatbot really is, um, it's not a predefined set of answers. So you can, you just go and have a conversation about this topic with us. So yeah. That will be sort of the, the difference between what it is. But basically, it's a software application that lives in a digital platform. Perfect. Thank you so much. That's really clear. And so let's get more into Topity. So can you tell us how it works and maybe what the user journey is? So if I'm a young person, I want to use it. What, what would I expect? Well, basically, what uh, Topity is, is, a, is an app that functions uh, within WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. So you just go and chat as if you were chatting with a friend um, and you'll start having a conversation, which we un we give the information of what the chatbot is about and we give all the legal aspects at the beginning. So we start with that because for us, it's really important to, for everybody to know about their privacy since we're addressing things that are a bit uh, sensitive. Uh, and then you have this introduction where you basically understand what the chatbot is about and we let you know that it's, it's to talk about different issues regarding self-esteem. Uh, we ask uh, uh, some classification questions just so we'd set up the base and those questions could be um, age, gender, um, uh, where, where you live in your location, but also specifically about the state measures that are really the concern that we have with this chatbot that are how are you feeling? What are you, what is your mood? And then what is your, um, uh, how would you arrange your body satisfaction? So those are the two things that we start with. After you go through the intervention, uh, the introduction, I'm sorry, you'll go uh, find a menu with three clusters. This menu uh, allows you to understand which are the Clusters that you want to address. Clusters for us are groups of uh, themes. And um, the first one will be friends and family. Then you have another one more associated to social media and, and media itself, press. And then the third one addresses more body functionality. So when you go through that and you select uh, what, uh, what topics you want to address, then you'll find a list of micro-interventions. Those micro-interventions are just um, techniques provided for uh, teens in a very, very simple way to make them think, reflect, and talk in a very confident and secure way about how they feel about their body or the situations that they've been going through about body image or self-esteem. Um, so that is sort of the introduction of the first part of the journey. And then when you go through the intervention itself, you just find a host, which is Gabriel Dandara. You can choose uh, which one you want to talk to. And they just set the scene. They just provide um, some examples so you can reflect on about your own life. And then they provide strategies that you can face those situations in the future. So it makes you feel a little bit better. 
The idea, the whole idea for those interventions is to give you instant relief. So if you're not feeling very well about something, you've read some comments on Instagram or maybe on another social media platform, you have the tools to go and just reflect, think about it and see how it makes you feel and what you can do about it next time to avoid going through those those situations. Yeah, that's great. That's super clear. And then, yes, there are two hosts and you can pick which character which person you you want yeah i mean uh it's the the one thing that is good about that is that one is a a male character the other is a female character so it depends who you're feeling more comfortable talking to that is one thing and then also the personalities of the host because the idea is that everybody feels that they're talking to a friend or maybe maybe somebody somebody they can trust a confident person um a com uh, like uh so so we give the, this option because sometimes you just don't connect with the other person that you have in front. So it's the same with a therapist. We are not doing therapy, but this is it's something like when you choose to talk somebody uh, to somebody about something, you just need to feel that you have chemistry, you know, something that that connects you to them. So that's why we give the option for you to choose. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So talking about the the users maybe a little bit, who is Topity for? Who is the the target audience to to use Topity? Uh, So uh, Topity was created for Brazilian adolescents, mainly from 13 to 18 years old. Um, If you speak Portuguese, you can also use it because it's, uh, it's just written in Portuguese. So you have to chat in that language. So it's accessible to more people. Um, and we also made it accessible because you just have to have a smartphone with data services and you need to have Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp platforms downloaded on your phone. Uh, and also one thing that makes it accessible to most people is that we have added subtitles to the videos and also the audio messages are printed versions as well. So if you cannot hear it, uh, you can ask for a printed version of the of the same experience. So we tried it. We tried it to make it as broad as possible. Gender wise, we don't have a difference because we are talking about examples that you can relate. We are always asking users to relate on their own experience. So we just give some examples for for them to reflect. So. Uh, we only have one intervention that does go through a, fe- a female and male path, um, but it's it's almost open to all. Uh, that was sort of the idea, but mainly Brazilian adolescents, yes. I really like that, and I just think it's the coolest project. And so, and I know that talk to you, you're the the tech experts in in creating this, and it's just I have no idea where how you even do it. It's not my <laughs> area at all. So I'm just so so impressed. And I'd love to hear from from you as a as an expert in this area. But what do you think is the coolest feature of of Topity? Uh, I think that oh, technically the coolest feature for now it's the gamification menu. This means that the menu that where you have to select uh, this is a circular experience, so it doesn't go in a linear way. You can go back and forth all the time. You always go back to the menu. And the menu does have one thing that allows us to go through interventions that are a bit more, maybe a a higher level of complexity. So what we did was design clusters um, first for the first selection. And then you had an open, like the the open first intervention of that cluster uh, would be the, the level one, let's say, the easier the one, the one that you want to go through, and it's a little bit more soft to just um, I don't know warm warm up 
And then if you finish that intervention, you get sort of this, you unlock the second level. So it's sort of fun. Again, we're adding some fun to something that it might be not that fun when you describe it, but it has fun, some, some fun, uh, some characteristics that made it more entertaining and engaging. So you want to know more. Like I, if I'm a user, I, I used to get, play lots of games. So I know that I want to go to the next level. I want to know what's more out there because if the first one helped me, then I want to go to the second one and see how it goes and how can I can uh, keep on evolving. So I think that that is one of the coolest features that we have right now. And also we have another one that it's called the other way that, um, this is sort of like this mysterious or secret pathways where if you're not liking that much the intervention that you're going through, uh, if you click on a specific response, then you just go to a new intervention. Uh, because we're not feeling that you are connected with it. So uh, we don't lose your engagement with the application. You just go to another one and that moves on a lot. So technically that would be my, my, my choice. Uh, and then impact wise, because I think this is sort of the key and that's what it made it like such a cool project to work on is that we're making science based interventions accessible. We're speaking teen, teen language. And, uh, and we're even helping people in the most remote places. So I think that that is also technology allows us to do that. Uh, but we are connecting two worlds, you know, like adolescents with the academia. And that is for me one super cool thing that we are doing with this bot. Yeah. It's, it's just incredible. And it's, it's so smart. As you say, that combination of harnessing the power of technology to then and also then using those evidence-based techniques and putting those all together that anyone can use and it's accessible to young people all across Brazil. So it's so cool and it's amazing because I didn't work on the project at all, but I, I also feel proud of it that it's something that's been done with colleagues. So it's amazing. And one thing I know is a really crucial part of the process of developing the chatbot was getting young people's engagement and feedback throughout the process to help guide the content um, and I wonder now what you feel young people like most about the chatbot what do they like most about Topity? Everything uh, that's sort of that no but that is the, the that is the most frequent answer that we have when we ask that question uh, within the chatbot <laughs> yeah it's like I know I, everything to do everything I don't know like there I don't know what to say but no, if I'm going more, more specific, the thing is like this. Uh, we did have this co-creation process from the beginning, like from the start, the research part. So it's really made with adolescents, not only for adolescents, but adolescents participated on the creation of this. So we had lots of phases where we talked to them and they gave, they gave us lots of feedback that we incorporated and made improvements for the bot. So we had at the beginning focus groups, interv interviews. We all also have focus groups when the bot was starting to get developed uh, and, and we got feedback from them. Then we did a pilot version and then we did the RCT. So we had lots of um, moments where we got what they were feeling. What they most liked and said they'd like a lot was um, the way that we are approaching these topics in, in the interaction and how they felt talking about this. Uh, I have a couple of quotes that I think that might reflect what, what they felt, but, um, I, I can read them to you and just to let you know some of them. Okay. 
so the first one was um, uh, the ease of communication, accessibility, and attractive language, the way to deal with these topics with lightness and dynamics. Then another, another said, how it made me feel comfortable talking to Dandara and Gabriel. It's like they're, I'm talking to my best friends. It's also helped me to see uh, in a way uh, I'm going to think about myself in a different way now. Then uh, another one was, the questions are not generic. They make us rethink instead of wanting to comfort us with phrases like, you are beautiful, you are strong. This method is much more effective. I think this one is the strongest uh, quote that I, that I read today because I think that it really uh, touches with the heart of what we wanted to do. Uh, it's, this is, this is, uh, we're providing tools, but for them to gather them and use them as they want. They don't need us in the future. That's the idea. We want to help them rethink. We want to help them have a critical think, uh, thinking about situations of their life. So these are tools that are developing their social emotional skills that can help them throughout different situations. So it's not just based on this, it's on everything. And uh, and I think that that is really uh, felt. The approach also that we take, the way, the, there's another quote that says, the way of approaching these topics, it made me understand things a lot. Um, I thought a chatbot would be a bit superficial, but it takes things in a different way with depth and it was great. So I think that, um, yeah, it's it's sort of, they're looking into this tool as something that they have never seen before and they have the opportunity to talk about things that are really hard to talk about uh, in a fun way, in an engaging way, and in the way they talk, right? Because they use emojis, they use uh, GIFs, they use the videos and audios with their friends. So it's the same thing. We're trying to get them and they could see that with the interviews that we had uh, and the feedback that we are constantly receiving because these are quotes... Um, that I extracted from the chatbot itself. At the end, we always ask them for feedback. And yeah, I think that that is the most amazing part. And hearing that they can feel uh, this, it's uh, it's amazing for us too. Lee, thank you. Thank you so much for speaking on the podcast. Thank you, Nari. Thank you for the invite. And, and I hope that more people use uh, our chatbot and, and just feel better about themselves. That's our main, main goal. absolutely loved hearing from Lou kind of the chatbot side of things uh, and the quotes as well hearing from the teens themselves and what is really important from them from this chatbot is really helpful puts it into context again context is important here exactly and I think what was so special and I think what's been so special throughout speaking to all of these different collaborators as part of this bigger project making top tea and and evaluating it is how passionate all the different organizations all the different people, individuals are who have come together about the need of this intervention and and how it's worked and how it's had so much young people input throughout. I think just makes it a really special project. So I think with that, it's time to now hear from Emily to hear the research side of things. So hear how they went about evaluating the project, so to test whether it's effective and then to hear a teaser of the results. So the results paper is not published yet. It's very close on its way. And I did mention when I was speaking to Emily that the protocol paper is out. It's open access. Anyone can read it. Maps out more of the background around the intervention, around Topity and, and how the team are planning to evaluate it. I think with that, let's hear from Emily. Emily. 
My name is Dr. Emily Matheson, and I am a senior research fellow at the Centre for Appearance Research. And over the last three years, I've been leading a stream of research that has looked at digital micro interventions and applying these to young people to provide them with support and well-being in relation to body image. Fantastic. Thank you, Emily, and welcome back on the show. I know this project has been a huge, huge team effort and we have spoken to some of the different collaborators on the project. So we've spoken to Gabby at UNICEF, we've spoken to Anna and Juliana, local researchers in Brazil, and Lou at Talk To You. But I wonder if you could give me a, so we don't miss anyone out, who who was involved in this project? Absolutely. Like you said, it was a team effort, but particularly an international team effort. So of course, we have the long-standing partnership between Dove and CAR. And at CAR, myself, Harriet Smith and Professor Philippa Diedrichs were working really closely on this project from the academic perspective. We then had our community uh, partners, UNICEF, as well as Talk to You, who brought the digital uh, expertise and perspective to the project. And of course, we had our local researchers, Anna, Juliana and Morelli, uh, who were invaluable to the project in providing that nuanced cultural perspective. And last but not least, we had Toluna, who was a research agency based in Brazil, who were responsible for actually executing elements of the trial. So recruitment um, and uh, kind of assessment administration, etc. And uh, we couldn't have got over the line without their support. So really big team, international experts, uh, and we did it. We got this project finished after a little while going. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that, Emily. And it's such an impressive project, and I've loved learning more about it in the process of making this episode. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what inspired the idea of creating a chatbot for a body image intervention. Mm, Yeah, really good question. I mean, traditionally, body image prevention and intervention has taken quite an intensive approach. So for example, if we think about uh, quite popular body image programs, such as Confident Me, Free Being Me, The Body Project, these all involve an in-person kind of group setting that's facilitated by instructors. And a lot of the programs that have been then adapted for online dissemination are usually multi-session, multi-hour programs. And these are really necessary. They're really important in combating body image concerns, but they're not always suitable or accessible because of the reliance on that group setting facilitator administration. So more recently, the research field has explored a light touch approach um, and particularly thinking about a stepped care model. How can we embed kind of different spectrums of intensities uh, when it comes to combating body image concerns. And in the case of the chatbot, we have this really cool way of engaging young people in evidence-based content and and intervention techniques. And it mimics that real world conversation. So we have this kind of caregiving and care receiving interaction between the chatbot and the user. And because we're using technology, it's super interactive, but it's also flexible. So we can use different types of stimuli to make intervention content and techniques far more than far more engaging and also more kind of acceptable for these younger generations who have grown up with uh, these platforms uh, since birth. Yeah, digital natives. So 
I know so much work went into developing the content that went into the chatbot. So I wonder if you could talk through some of those evidence-based techniques that were integrated into it. We used uh, eight micro-intervention techniques, and I know that we've spoken about micro-intervention techniques on the podcast before. So if anyone is new to this concept, micro-interventions are typically designed to be brief, online self-guided approaches that provide the user with immediate reprieve or enhancement in mental health states. And typically, well, so far, micro-interventions have been informed by existing evidence-based techniques and then adapted for a micro-intervention framework. So for example, in Confident Me, which is a multi-session program, each session runs at about 45 minutes, there's one session that covers body talk. So we we know that that's an effective um, kind of topic when it comes to young people in, in targeting body image. So we um, looked at that program and distilled the key messages and techniques from this um, session and condensed that into about an eight-minute technique. And specifically in those eight minutes, we ask the, the user to reflect on their own body talk. So how frequently do they engage in this type of dialogue? the areas of fixation so what kind of content is in the dialogue and then we actually lead through lead them through kind of a deconstruction task where we present them with a social media post um, and we ask them to consider the dialogue on this post so both the dialogue that the person posting the image uses as well as those who comment on the image and then we ask the the user to kind of think about the harm that this content might have on people viewing it. And then we ask them to generate alternative comments that focus on non-appearance elements of the image. So perhaps, you know, what is the activity that the person's engaging in? What's their general demeanor? You know, they look happy while doing, you know, snowboarding or something like that. So again, we're trying to distill those really potent mechanisms that we know can bring about change into a very short timeframe. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for that. And a really big piece of the work that we do at CAR is evaluating the project, right? So I'd love to now get into that. And if you could briefly walk us through how you and the team evaluated the chatbot. So this was a fully remote randomized control trial. So every element element of it was conducted online. And for a little bit of context for the listeners, we commenced this trial on the 7th of April, 2021. And this was the peak of COVID during, um, for Brazil at the time. I think we got it on the the high, we started the trial on the highest number of cases for 2021. And so, you know, this had a number of repercussions for the length of the trial and a number of hurdles that we faced. Um, But all in all, we got it completed and it was a two-armed randomized control trial. So we recruited young people from diverse ethnicities and geographies in Brazil, and we um, screened them for eligibility in the trial and once we obtained theirs and their parents consent they were randomized into one of two conditions that was either the chatbot condition or an assessment only control condition so those who were in the chatbot um, condition they uh engaged with or at least encouraged to engage with the chatbot as much or as little as they needed over a 72 hour period and that was called the intervention time frame period 
After that 72 hours, we assessed young people, both in the control condition and the um, intervention condition on primary and secondary outcomes, again, at two follow-up points. So we had four assessments, baseline, post-intervention, one week follow-up and one month follow-up. And another kind of cornerstone for micro-interventions is understanding the immediate impact of the techniques on someone's state well-being. So only those in the chatbot condition were assessed on state-based body image and mood. So they were assessed once, once they entered the chatbot. So their first interaction was an assessment uh, of body satisfaction and mood. And then immediately after they completed each technique, they were again assessed on state-based measures. So we were looking at that immediate impact of the chatbot on the users, as well as that sustained impact. And that's where we compare changes in primary and secondary outcomes between the intervention group and the control condition. Okay, so let's get into the findings. I wonder, I know it's not published yet, so can you give us a little um, sneak preview of some of the top line findings? I sure can. These are hot off the press and we're currently writing them up for publication in a high impact journal. Uh, so I would just say watch this space. I can't give too much away, but I'm sure the listeners will be wanting to read the article once it's out. But I can say that Topity did have uh, an immediate impact on state based outcomes for the users, as well as provided short term improvements in the primary and secondary outcomes. So our hypotheses were supported, which is fantastic. But more importantly, we know that engaging with Topity is an enjoyable experience. So it was highly acceptable uh, by the young people. They would they enjoyed it. It was relatable. It was um, beneficial and they would recommend it to friends. But it also had that impact on their state based uh, outcomes, as well as those longer term uh, effects, which is, is really exciting and really promising for this, this area of research. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. So state based measures, we've got mood and we've got body image. And then with the primary outcome for your trait measures, primary outcome being body image or body esteem. Correct. So it was body esteem and another element of this research, because uh, we want to make sure that our um, interventions are evidence-based, a key element of that is having validated body image measures. So we actually, in collaboration with our local researchers, Anna, Juliana and Morelli, validated the body esteem uh, measure for uh, use among Brazilian adolescents. So that's another kind of asset to come out of this research, which is really important. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for that. And although the, the results aren't out yet, people can read the protocol paper, which is available open access. So we'll put, pop a link in the show notes for that, which outlines more about the intervention and then what the plan was in terms of how you were going to evaluate it. So really handy to have that available as well. So last main question, Em, I would love to hear what your biggest takeaway or takeaways were from the project. I would say the power of collaboration, you know, this partnership consisted of experts in adolescent mental health, digital innovation, mass community outreach, and without these expertise, it'd be impossible for this research to have got off the ground, let alone get to the current phase where we're reaching millions of young people in Brazil. And as I mentioned, 
because we were in, you know, the depths of COVID at the time of this trial commencing, we were faced with a number of hurdles. And the irony is that you might think by having a fully remote digital trial would have aided us, but actually what an emerging area of research is screen fatigue and the anxiety and, and impact on mental health that um, screen time has had during the pandemic. So we were ultimately relying on a platform that was in some ways causing um, harm to young people or to people in general COVID. So we had to kind of balance that and, and really kind of think about the trial and you know, whilst our overarching aim was to do good and, and provide young people with support, we had to understand the context that the trial was uh, taking place in and it was COVID and that brings with it its own unique uh, trials and tribulations. But we couldn't have done this without the team that we had uh, backing us along the way. I think that that was a brilliant way to round off such a fabulous episode, hearing from so many great people working on such an important, impactful project. And that for me, Emily's uh, interview was kind of like the dessert at the end of this beautiful, fabulous meal of, <laughs> of interviewees. So on the topic of desserts, there is a question that we didn't ask Nadia, we, that, that we kind of, skipped perhaps so i'd like to wonder did did the question get asked listeners do you know so, what question we're talking uh, about <laughs> you know me too well i never skip dessert and so <laughs> <laughs> what we have done is compiled all of the favorite cakes for you to listen to now let's let's hear them they're good ones there we've got some we've got some good ones in the mix Ooh. a lot of chocolate <gasps> yes go <laughs> started off because we had a cake and coffee morning at, at our research centre and then so it snowballed from there but we love to find out what cake you would bring if you were to come over to to Bristol in the UK and join us for a coffee morning what cake would you bring? Well I have no doubt to answer this question and okay. say it's a chocolate cake. <laughs> Great well that would be very popular. <laughs> I have to say that mine is the same. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> oh, good. Chocolate cake is very popular in Brazil. Is there a particular Brazilian type of chocolate cake or is it just a classic? Well, many cakes are prepared with brigadeiro, which is a mix of uh, cocoa powder, uh -huh. uh, condensed milk, sweet condensed milk, mm -hmm. and butter. Yeah. <laughs> so you just mix and put that in a in a cake. Uh -huh. It is delicious. So that when sounds... you go to Brazil, try mm -hmm. Brigadeiro as well because okay. it's delicious. Okay, I will do. I'll note it down um, because that sounds delicious and I love all things chocolate. So that's wonderful. Gabby, it's wonderful speaking with you. We have a question that we ask all of our podcast guests on the show, and it's something our audience loves to hear. So I have to ask you as well. I'd love to know what your favorite cake is. And so if you were then to come to Bristol and visit us and have a car, Centre for Appearance Research coffee morning, it would be what cake you would bring. 
and why? I love the apple crumble. Oh, an apple crumble. <laughs> I think yes. it's easy to make and mm-hmm. delicious. Mm-hmm. So I love it. That's... I would have a cup of tea with oh, a piece of apple crumble with you. Yes. Oh, that sounds delicious. And I really like apple crumble with ice cream. Ice cream in the morning is is a bold move, but I think I would. <laughs> I think I could still do it. So. I'm a foodie, so I love food and I love cooking as well. So it's very hard for me to choose one. But I, I thought I th- I'm thinking about one cake that I like to bake, that it's a three layer chocolate cake, uh, but it has three different types of chocolate. So the first layer, the bottom one is dark chocolate. It's sort of more a cookie, a brownie dark chocolate. Then you have a chocolate uh, uh, milk chocolate mousse. And then on top you have a white chocolate mousse. So I think that would be the cake that I will bring to that tea and coffee event. That sounds incredible. I'd love that. And I think that will be very, very popular. So please do come when this pandemic situation is a little better. Get yourself over to the UK and come and visit us. We'd love to have you. I would love to go and meet everybody there. I think that you, I know that you, I haven't worked directly with you, but I feel also that um, CAR is it's it's been like part of our, our, our community, you know. So I'm I'm very I'm very excited for that opportunity when the time comes when the pandemic just stops. I don't know. <laughs> I can't let you go without asking. Essentially, what's your favorite cake? Mm, my favorite question of all the podcast questions I'm I think last time I said a chocolate pavlova um, Mm. but this way I'm going to mix it up and I'm going to say an Australian lamington it's been a while since I've had one of those uh, so remind me what they are they are a sponge cake then covered in they're small squares uh, so a a manageable size um, a cake to yourself sponge cake covered in chocolate icing and coconut so we promised you a jam-packed episode and I think we have delivered we've spoken a little bit about appearance ideals in Brazil appearance pressures we've spoken about chatbots we've spoken about topity in particular and how that's worked and how the team have gone on to evaluate it. So I think it's given a taste of how these international multi-stakeholder projects come together and work. And and you can hear from everyone who's spoken on the show how passionate they all are and how much they have enjoyed the project altogether. So I think that just leaves me to say a big, big thank you to Anna, Juliana, Gabby, Lou and Emily for speaking with me on the show. Excellent. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Appearance Matters, the podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please remember to share, subscribe, rate and review. It helps other people find the podcast and gives us a little boost. It really does. And remember, you can keep up to date with our centre's work on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. All the links are in the bio. Until next time. Bye. Bye. We've got that timed off to a teen out the bye. We have. And um, should we look at flights to Brazil? Yes, now. <laughs> Don't tempt me, Nadia. <laughs> oh, no.